Welcome to the Modern Spiritual Power Couple Podcast. I'm Dr. Brenda Brummond, an entrepreneur, doctor, mindset coach, and self-help junkie. I'm super passionate about helping women get out of their own way and stop the mental self-sabotage to step into their soul's purpose and create miracles in every area of their life. And I'm Dr. Dennis Brummond, a men's performance coach, doctor of chiropractic, and a major critical thinker. I'm obsessed with helping men navigate life's challenges to master their mindset, improve their emotional intelligence, and find a greater purpose. We created this podcast to help men and women whose relationships have gotten stale, stuck, and distant, who crave something brand new, a whole new way of elevating themselves and their relationship. We'll share how we went from rock bottom with cheating, lies, and addictions to learn how to forgive and grow on all levels, physically, mentally, and emotionally, to become a modern spiritual power couple. Let us take you somewhere new, somewhere you've never even been before. We believe there's greatness inside each and every one of us, and together we can be unstoppable. Hello and welcome. Today we are going to talk about dun-dun-dun guilt in our relationships, in ourselves, how it affects us on such a deep, deep level. You cannot talk about relationships without talking about guilt. Or as A Course in Miracles says, guilt is sort of the unfortunate glue that can hold a relationship together in a bad way, in a bad way from that negative ego perspective. So let's open up the conversation. You know, where do you feel guilty in your lives? As a mom, you know, that you're not a good enough mom. As a wife, do you feel not attractive enough? Do you feel not fun enough in the relationship? Do you feel not sensual enough? Do you feel like you're not enough in any way, shape, or form? And a manifestation of that is feeling guilty. You know how we talked about that negative voice in our heads that's not who we are? that wants, its goal is to control you. It works off of fear and it works off of guilt. And the more it can control you, the more it can keep you in this little tiny box, being a little old you, not growing, not expanding, not becoming all of who you're meant to be. So guilt is an inevitable thing to have to talk about because we all feel it on some level, right? Yeah, we... That's where this topic just popped up from. We were in the kitchen um, discussing me watching a podcast from uh, actually a pretty well-renowned podcast person interviewing one of my other mentors, Eckhart Tolle. And he said, gosh, could you address guilt for me? He was asking him. There's so many of my viewers that feel like that's their biggest block, that they just carry this guilt um, around. And we started having the conversation and Brenda was like, we should go down and make a podcast about podcast about this. And so I, when I was watching the video podcast, I realized, oh, you know, how would have I answered that? And I know for sure how I've answered it before, because I think of that fear 
When I use the word fear, remember we talk about one of our foundational principles is that fear or fearlessness, there's two of these big thought systems in the universe or systems of thought. One is kind and one is unkind. And I noticed all the way back when I'd been working through a lot of my spiritual journey and I had my um, shift or rock bottom and um, awakening, let's call it, that I I started to trace back when I was a little boy and realized, oh my gosh, this happens to all of us. And I can remember my episode being in all the way back to kindergarten when the teacher said, everybody needs to have their name written out, their address and their phone number on a piece of paper because the police and the firemen are going to come tomorrow and they need to know that. So you have to have your name, address, and phone number written down. And I remember I didn't, my mom hadn't been working on with me. I think I could write my name, but I didn't know our address and phone number. And I got home, I was terrified. So fear was already working on me at such a young age. And so many of you can relate. So just watch how this works. And I, I got scared because I thought there's no way I'm going to be able to remember this. And it was the first time I thought I, in my mind, so fear in my mind told me, if you don't have that memorize, Dennis, the police and the firemen are, they're going to take you away from your family and put you in jail. In my mind, this is what the nice kind fear does to us as little kids. And so it then fear told me, you better, you better write on a piece of paper and sneak that and cheat and write. So you, you don't know it and you're not going to be able to learn it. So my mom put it on a piece of paper and I took that little piece of paper and I hid it and stuck it in my pant pocket, took it to school in kindergarten the next day. And then when all the lights were off and we were going to do our nap time, I snuck the piece of paper out and when the teacher or whatever it was, and then I just copied the phone number and the address. I was terrified that I was going to get taken away by the police. And I remember, so fear got me to, that was the first time in my life that I learned something. I cheated and I felt terrible inside. Like I knew that I wasn't being honest to the teacher. I cheated. I put it down and I hid it. And then I thought, okay, she collected everything. I got out of class. Okay. The police didn't take me that day. And I learned, okay, if you cheat, then that's okay. If you don't hurt anybody and you cheat, and, and then, then that's a, a something that you can learn to live by. So already as a little, little kid who's just an innocent, innocent kindergartner who's scared, Yep. And, and you fear felt comes bad. in. I felt terrible. You didn't tell your parents. I didn't tell my parents. So my point being is that other thought system, look back in your life and see when did that voice in, in the head get you to do something bad or not that you know you did something really bad and you know it and you chose to do it, it tells you. So here's the take on it. The voice first, it gets you to do it. So you do something bad. And then now it tells you you're bad. Not the voice, not the thought system. And now, like I've said to Brenda before, once it's got you as a little kid, now it, what a great setup. So evil or ego or fear has got you now. Now, okay, let's let's both admit the voice says in your head. Let's all admit here. We know you're guilty. There is no way you're not. Look what you just did. You can't. You're like, oh, he's right. I am guilty. Okay. Now our only hope. I was sharing this with one of my clients the other day. Our only hope now, the voice tells you in the head, is we got to find somebody worse than us. We got to find somebody who's more guilty than me so that I at least have a chance of being okay. Or, or a lot of times you think you're going to go to heaven or get some other higher. I got to get to a higher ground. I know I'm guilty. So now the voice got you. And now it's saying, 
we got to find someone else worse than us. And you see what a terrible setup. From that point on, you can trace that all the way back. Because again, then guess what you're doing for a lot of your life? If you feel like you're guilty, you got to find someone worse than you. And then you start looking for people who are more guilty, worse than you. I don't care in any area of your life. And now look what you're doing. Whatever you look for, you will find. Yeah. And so I can trace back, okay, so that started there. And then what happens in first grade, second grade, you do something else that you know, oh, I shouldn't have done that. You, you shouldn't have done that. It builds and builds. And then you're doing this. Now you're, you're cheating on a test paper to get by, or you're doing something else that it gets you to do. Little bitty things, fear, ego, evil, it always does that to people. And you really, if you can start to understand, so when we're talking about guilt here is when you start to see, oh, that's that other thought system. That is not ultimately me. It's free will. There's two thought systems in the universe. Fear, you can listen to that. And it's an inner dialogue. And so, so many of us think that inner dialogue in the head it's is us, but it's not who you are. It's literally fear. And it has a voice. It's like a thought system of free will. You can choose, you know, you can choose this kind thought system or you can choose this unkind thought system. And once you get that, what we're saying is you're innocent. You are actually innocent if you want to start fresh from right now and start listening to a better voice. And once you start to recognize, oh my gosh, that voice has run me and run me and run me, it can be so freeing. When you start to realize that you have a choice, an option, you can even think of it as, like I said, scientifically, you're looking at it as the old animal brain, <clears throat> the old animal brain, which lives on fear, right? You know how the new science now is talking about when you just identify yourself as just this body, there's me, and then there's the universe, that that old animal part of us does feel separate. It does feel fearful. And it has that voice of fear and protect yourself and do whatever it takes, you know, so you feel safe. And boy, can that get you into trouble until you start to make that spiritual journey and you can awaken to that other part of you, the higher thought system, where you can start making some good choices. Yeah. And so what does that look like in the relationship? First of all, thoughts are crazy. And that's something just to be aware of right now. Like the thought can come into your mind in any way, shape or form, and then make you feel guilty for having that thought. Like Dennis said, mm -hmm. like, have you ever had that in your relationship where literally you have days where you're like, you know, I don't really like that other person. In fact, you have days where they bug the shit out of you and you're just like, oh my gosh, like, oh, how can I, you know? How can I, I can't stand this person today. And you can even go so crazy as have the thought like, oh my gosh, I hate that person. And I want you to know though, when you have that thought, that is not you because here's how, and this is, this is what's crazy is it happens in a split second. It'll, the thought will come in. Oh gosh, he bugs the crap out of me today. Oh my gosh. I can't believe you just had that thought. You don't even love him. Imagine if he knew you had that thought. Imagine if your family, if your kids knew you just had that thought about dad and it goes on and on and on and you can just feel the guilt deepening and thickening and deepening and thickening. And then pretty soon you're arguing with yourself in your own mind about a thought that you never owned in the first place. Right. The troublemaker, that inner dialogue, again, back to that same concept. 
Yeah. And so it's huge awareness to start looking at thoughts that come through can be anyone's thoughts. It can be the collective consciousness of the universe. It can be like, who has never had that thought before come through their mind? I don't like that person. It's just, again, recognizing you are not your thoughts. I remember I gave a talk. It was my first talk when I was pregnant um, with Brody. I was just going to bring that up. Who's 12 um, right now. And I, it was the first talk that I had a friend who was a, a marketing person and she was a part of this women's group. And she asked Brenda, would you like to come speak to our women's group? And I was terrified at the time, Dennis and I were speaking out in our community, but it was a group effort. Group effort meaning Dennis spoke and I would step behind and slightly behind him <laughs> and back away. And he would lead the talk and then I would come in and interject. Well, somehow like you hear us in this episode where, you know, it, Dennis is very scientific, which is so great for you women to have men listen to because he can speak from that perspective. But as women, you can hear that masculine way of the way that they look and deal with problems in their lives. But anyways, um, the name of the talk I gave was You Are Not Your Thoughts. And the head of the organization was not going to come to the meeting that day, but she saw the title and she said, what? you are not your thoughts. And so she said, I got to come. I got to hear this talk. And the talk was so cute. I look back at how nervous I was. And I remember almost like the whole talk still, because it's probably burned in my brain. I'm traumatized from the whole event. But my point being is if that is a message that you can take right now on a piece of paper next to you, a pen and paper and write down, you are not your thoughts. It can save you a world of pain, a lifetime of misery, just because I have a thought that can be directed at Dennis saying, oh, I don't like him today. Or, he it can be about crazy. your kids. Yeah. It can be about any of these yeah and I wanted to mention that now that you said that, like, oh, I wish I didn't even have kids. I mean, have you not had that enter your mind? Like, you know, I wish maybe if I stayed single and I could cook my own food and eat the way I wanted to. And I didn't have to clean up after everybody and da, 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 da. And then pretty soon here it comes in. Oh my gosh, you don't even want to be a mom. Imagine if the mom's group you go to every Tuesday night knew that you didn't really want to be a mom. And you can see that dialogue in a long story short, in the eyes of that negative voice, the ego, you are damned if you do, and you're damned if you don't. So if you don't start pulling yourself back away from those thoughts, knowing that they're not you, you will get hooked and you'll start again living out your life as if they're true. And you wonder why we walk around frustrated, angry, resentful. Right. We beat ourselves up. All day long until you start to understand that, that oh, that's just the ego, the old brain of running on fear. And we love that we have free will. You know, you can get the two options, right? You don't want to live in a world where you don't have the option to have a negative thought or something you can choose. Then we also can have really great thoughts too. But what we're talking about right now is, yeah, that negative inner dialogue that you have to become aware of to just catch it. Um, yeah. And so I heard a quote once that I really liked and it said, you know, be kind to everyone you meet for each person has a battle going on in their own mind. 
And is that not the original battleground or warfare that's going on in the world right now? You know, you see everybody going after each other politically, economically, socially, like it's just like you look at the world and you're like, oh my gosh, this is could be a nightmare come true. But if you had to take personal responsibility and look, do you not have those critical thoughts that are not even your own? judging, criticizing, condemning yourself. And then what do we do? We look out on the world, we look at our partner and we try to land them somewhere else. Because like Dennis said, I don't want that guilt. I don't want to think that I just had that thought, which the ego says, darn right, you just had that thought. So we end up projecting it outward on the world and then being upset. You know, we project that guilt on our kids. If we're not careful, we can project that guilt repeatedly. It's easy to project on our partner because they're closest to us and because we're comfortable with them and because we love them. And it's such a paradox, isn't it? That the people we love the most, we're willing to project out that judgment the most. Yeah. I, you know, I, again, looking back through my life, like I said, I just noticed it as I was working, really working on myself, self-improvement and started to trace that back because I could find, oh my gosh, in grade school, like I said, how it got me to convince me to do that. Or when I was in high school after when I first was um, introduced to alcohol or when I first, the very first time where I'm like so many of the things like I would never do that, but that inner dialogue that convinces you to I got picked on some in high school and got bullied and I was a skinny little kid and I always felt like I was so small and such a wimp and I wanted to be able to protect myself. And originally there again, I look back, that voice talked me into, you know, it's okay if you took a little bit of steroids. You wanted to compete in bodybuilding and you remember all those guys that picked on you and it's like this little that I trace it back. Oh man, yep, I remember that too, talking me into that. And that voice can just convince you of so much stuff that um, once you're aware of it again, you finally have a chance. You've got some tools or some choices in your toolbox to help you to step and move past that. So that's a big, you know, the big takeaway today was we want to talk about that some with guilt and to recognize you are not the guilty one. It's that voice in the head. And if you can look out, like Brenda said, I think now more than ever, if you can have some compassion, when you see somebody else angry or struggling or we're blaming um, and you see, oh, oh my gosh, you know, they're dealing with that. Everyone's dealing with that conflict in the mind. And so you have compassion for people a lot of times instead of just getting more angry at them and seeing, oh, God, they got to be struggling with that inner dialogue. Yeah. And it's interesting if you think about it, they say no two people have ever really met before because I will be who I think I need to be for Dennis to like me. And Dennis can possibly act and behave and be who he thinks he needs to be for me to like him. And so this has come up when I've worked with women on their relationships before. And I said, let's create a new opportunity. You know, there's part of your husband, partner, spouse, a part of that person you've never even met before. Why? Is because as soon as we think we know who that person is and, you know, we put them in this little box. Yep, that's my husband. He does this. He likes that. He doesn't like that. He's this. He's that. And he's the other thing. And 
that's one of the things even in the last episode we talked about is always stay curious, always stay open, and always be willing to ask questions. You know, Dennis has been good at this, where we'll be driving in the car. This was even not that long ago, I think, when we were driving to South Dakota to see my family. And he said, tell me something about you that I don't know. Have you ever thought about asking your partner that? You know, tell me something about you that I've never heard before. And I had to sit there for a little bit because obviously we've been through a lot. But there's always something. And, you know, that box I talk about when you think of like what you put your partner in, a lot of that can be held together from that negative voice of the ego by guilt. You know, I can feel guilty for things because I'm guilty and I've had these negative thoughts towards Dennis and I feel bad I have these negative thoughts. So I'm going to look at him and then all of a sudden he becomes really clouded and negative to me. Yeah. And I think what we do is, again, we're labeling. So that judger in the mind, which is not you again, judging, labeling, as soon as we walk into a place, judge, 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 we throw it onto our spouse or our partner. And then we wonder why hmm, I'm losing my attraction or something's fading for me. What's really cool is if you're willing to do this work, you can start to drop these veils. You can drop these veils and you can start to you say, wait, I'm going to pretend I've never met her before. Like she's brand new in my mind. And some of the work that can be done, and Brenda and I working with couples too, is if you're really willing to sit down with that other person and try to be honest, can you, can you guys start, maybe start with... I'm going to tell you one thing that I didn't want you to know <laughs> that I'm a little bit scared, but I'm going to tell you, well, and you can blame, I'm going to just do this because Dennis and Brenda told us to do it. So we're doing it. And then you share one thing that they're like a little scared to share. And if you can start to drop some of these barriers between you, watch how that relationship, you can start to remove those veils. And like Brenda said, maybe start to see that person for the first time. You can't imagine who they really are because we've been so, so label, label, label on each other. And if you can do that and walk through that, I know when we had our, uh, when we started to rekindle and work back through all of our mess that I had made, <laughs> um, one of the first things that I realized when I came to Brenda was, ah, we got to tell each other all the truth. I got to tell you the truth about everything I've done. Now, I don't recommend this for people to just jump into well, it. That was a rough one. That was a freight train. It's a lot to take on. But little things, if you can start to, and hopefully most of you don't have things that are too big like I did. But if you can start to chip away at those things and get some of that clarity I think that that can start to just start that process. And remember, between the two of you, remember, it's not you. It's the ego or it's evil or it's that fear-based thought system. And if you can start to look at the other person and think, oh, you've done stuff that you didn't, weren't really trying to do. Oh, and you have too. There can be such a, a gem of forgiveness there. Yeah. And I think also understanding that why don't I just share thoughts like that with Dennis or why don't, why doesn't he share negative thoughts that might pass through for him? Well, it's different for us now than the way we used to be um, in the past, but because we felt you feel judged, like you're going to be judged. The other person is going to look at you and they're not going to say, oh my gosh, that was the ego in you that had those thoughts. It was you. So that's why introducing this concept to both of you before you sit down to talk about this, that you mean he has this 
negative voice in his mind based upon his past and all the negative things that have happened to him and where he felt not good enough and where he may have been picked on or treated poorly or not seen and not heard. And so that little boy comes up in him and is angry at times that he hasn't felt nurtured or loved. And that's the same for you. You know, you have a little girl in you who has been abandoned at times, who has been left feeling like she wasn't enough, like she didn't know what to do to survive. And so maybe she did things or lied or cheated because that's what she thought she needed to do. And to recognize that if I can see the little boy in Dennis and he can look for that little girl in me, there's a good place to start from. I even had one of my coaching clients one time. This was really cool. She, a lot of times when I do work with clients, I'll have them go find like a five-year-old picture of them. And then I'll be able to give them a shift in the way that they look at themselves by looking at this five-year-old picture, you know, where you thought you were so innocent and where you just wanted to be loved and you just wanted to feel good about yourself. And she was really having a tough time communicating with her husband. And so she took that little picture of herself and she walked over to her husband one day and she sat it down and she said, this is the little girl who's scared in our relationship. This is the little girl who doesn't know what to do and is trying to do the best that she can. And she said it was like a light bulb moment that went on for him. And the communication the next few days after that was so much better. Well, like I do with my coaching clients, she gave him a different perspective, a different lens to look at her through. And he responded to that. You know, he related to that. And the truth of the matter is, is none of us hardly see the present. You know, we've all heard of live in the now, be in the present. We all see our past. So can you imagine now you're a couple and you've been through a thing or two and some really hard stuff. And if our normal nature living by the voice of that negative ego in our head is always seeing the past and dragging our past into our future and repeating our past and putting it into the future. So then I look at my husband, what do I see? I see the past. I see my old thoughts. I see his old thoughts. And then I'm wondering why I can't create anything new. And so it's a really good perspective just to be able to stop and say, oh, okay, remember now you want to create a new vision. Creating a new vision means you show up with an open mind, an open heart, and you're willing to look and see things differently than you ever maybe even have before. And I think for men, you know, it takes a, a brave guy, bravery, courage for men. I mean, we all want to be tough and act like that. But I'll tell you, courage is to open up that heart space a little bit. It took way more courage for me to do that than, oh, it's easy to go beat somebody up or for to play the tough guy or the girl play the B-I-T-C-H. You know, that's easy. That's the old game. You know, um, I'm going to be cool by being mean and tough. The new model is it takes courage or as Renee Brown, right? Puts, is it vulnerability? Is that hers, basically? Mm -hmm. To me, that's courage. That's strength for you men out there. And uh, because it's easy to play the skeptic. I'm very good at that. I can easily go into the old ego patterns of this is such bull crap. They're just guilty and he just wants to drop his guilt. Or you can go into 
any of those things. And I'll, I'll use some examples for you men out there from time to time. And you'll laugh because in your own head, you'll do that. And it's like, oh, you mean the devil made me do it or whatever? Oh, that's just a way to get out of that trouble. So you can always play the skeptic, right? I mean, how easy is that to always blow people off and say, oh, that's so stupid. They just were trying to do this or that. They're trying to make money off of this or, you know, that's so easily done that it's time for all of us to step up into a new model and be courageous and open your hearts and open your minds to something else that uh, I think wants to be born onto this planet. Yeah. And I think looking at your relationship and saying, again, recommitting and saying, is it worth it? And really, it's, is my happiness, is our happiness worth it? It's no longer me, again, that modern self-actualized woman is no longer me competing with him, me against him, me against the world, me against other moms, me against organizations and groups and people. It's we. It's like if Dennis and I are on the same team, if he wants just as good for me as I want for me and I for him, how can we work together to make this work out? And what we want to do is to share tools and techniques because you'll say, great, that sounds good. I want that. I want to feel connected. I want to feel happy. One of my recent breakthroughs was that's actually how simple life can be again, too. The more you feel connected to the world, the more you feel whole, don't you feel happier? I mean, the more great relationships, the more you feel connected, that's happiness. The more you isolate, the more you separate, the more you put on things to separate yourself from the universe, pull down the blinds, hide in your houses. That's unhappiness. Yep. Another version of that is cut off communication. Yeah. How and can we cut off communication? And, you know, uh, communication is the glue to help everything survive. If you're not communicating, nothing can come out of that. We will, on another episode, talk about the three pillars of any successful relationship. And without those, and communication is one oh, of those. Yeah. And so if you don't have communication, you have nowhere to go. But again, guilt is a trick that the negative voice in our heads called the ego uses to keep you trapped, to keep you under its command and control and in that little box. And it wants you to feel shameful, not good enough, different than the other people. You're worse, um, they're better or vice versa. And it just wants to keep you confined. And that's not our truth. It's not our soul's calling. We know it because we feel so awful when we have those feelings and emotions. So it's again, step-by-step step identifying that anytime you feel guilt, it's a trick for you to be controlled by fear. Exactly. Yeah, so we're so excited to keep sharing more of the tools that we've learned with you. And so we'll see you next time. All right, remember, we're in this together. <laughs>